0: Welcome back to Be Your Brains and Baggage This episode we are unpacking Suicide and suicide prevention Because September is suicide prevention month And I did not realize it Slash realized but forgot Because October is like next week And it doesn't feel like it's next week But I realized it's (laughs) next week And I wanted to do something um, About mental health I just keep seeing tweets Where people are talking about how you know meditation is gonna take your depression away or you know sleeping or having a morning ritual and yes these are all great things but I want to really talk about what it is like to be depressed or have anxiety or whatever mental issue you're experiencing because I have you know I suffer or deal with those things and it just is what it is it's a reality of life and it's not good or bad it just is a thing. And so I have three of my friends with me today. I have Joshua Diamond. He's an amazing artist. He actually did the artwork for Beauty Brains and Baggage. So without him without him I literally wouldn't have a logo, so <laughs> a shout out. And then I have Abiola Goro, She was on like my episode about unpacking the angry black woman the first episode. And I have Hodan Hashi. And Hodan is literally so poppin'. She just did a thing with W B U R. You know, it's an affiliate of NPR, so like, big things, big things, talking about Black Lives Matter. And there's a protest. By by the time this comes out, she will be at a protest, supporting and uplifting black women like she always does. Shout out to that. But you guys can each introduce yourself. Josh, you can start.
1: Okay. Um, hey everyone, my name is Josh. Josh Diamond. Uh, I'm a third year student at BU. I study psychology and philosophy. And I have a minor in visual arts. Uh, as Solange mentioned, I am an artist, so uh, y'all can check out my socials and peep the art, but that will come at a that'll come at a later point. Um, I'm happy to be here.
2: Thank you, friend. <laughs> Hi, I'm Abiola Goro. Um, I'm a fourth year, second semester student at Boston University. I am also a fashion designer, as well as a mental health advocate and a political strategist. So, you can learn more about all of that on my Instagram, which will lead you to all of the pages that I'm affiliated with. And, yeah.
3: Oh, okay. It's my turn. Um, Yeah. My turn. Hi. Okay. So, yeah. My name is Hoden, as Solange already said. I'm a recent graduate of Boston University. I studied political science with a minor in African American studies. Um, And, you know, I'm currently just trying to figure my life out um, trying to figure out what I want to do with the next couple of years um, I'm just working mm-hmm. with like a couple local organizations in the city um, seeing what I like what I'm good at, all those beautiful things and since everyone dropped their social media I guess I might as well just drop mine too um, mm-hmm. my at is at Gloden underscore and then from there everything else is there, I kind of just do a little bit of everything slash don't really do anything, so yeah that's me Okay, Horan
0: is not Hoda is <laughs> not selling herself you know, she's selling herself short because you literally you're a photographer, you're amazing. Okay, guys,
3: I like, like I do everything halfway. Like I'm not fully in anything. I just kinda like play around with my different hobbies and dabble. see where it takes
1: me. Jack of all trades. Jack of I'm all a, trades. We go. Wrong with
3: that. I'm a dabbler is what I am.
1: You're a m you're a multidisciplinary. That's what you are
0: interdisciplinary one might say <laughs>
1: mm.
0: and i for my first question to you guys when was the first time you really started to take your mental health seriously Ooh. like you recognized that you had depression and anxiety it wasn't just i'm sad this month or i'm a little nervous right now like you realize that you are a little more sad than the regular person would be when did you when did that happen
1: wow wow that is a that's a great question (laughs) i feel like for me personally it happened in Mm -hmm. stages right so my first stage there was an external stimuli that caused me to realize that i had difficulty processing emotions or doing things The way that it seemed to me or Mm -hmm. that I thought I perceived the way other people handle it right the way that Mm -hmm. I I felt like I was different and so um of course we all go through things but I went through a particularly bad experience uh in high school and from that experience I realized whoa I think there might be something and I don't want to say wrong with me but I was like yo there's definitely something not happening here and I think a lot of that has to do with recognizing my own behavior. Mm-hmm. A lot of the behavior that I was exhibiting just seemed, it seemed to check off boxes in the criteria for someone who had mental health issues. And I was mm-hmm. just like, don't know where to go from here, but I'm really starting to see some things. And I doubted it for a while, hence why I said stages, because it took me a while to be like, oh, I re- might really have an issue. And so it kind of took time for me to sort of accept and think that, okay, yeah, this is something real that I have to deal with.
0: Yeah, I relate to that because I feel like for me, I've always... I'm a bit of a poet. I do that occasionally. I dabble, whatever. Um, But I've been writing angsty poetry since I was like 11 or 10. Like when I was in... I was in Form 2... And I wrote a poem called "Lost and Not Found." What is that about? You know what I mean. And so naturally, yeah. What am I? What is what is eleven or twelve year old me have to be that angsty about? I don't know. Um, I think even at that age, I was annoyed at the fact that adults thought they could control my life. But you know, mm. I don't know why I was that independent yeah. <laughs> as a kid. But um, yeah, I feel like I've always had these emotions of like sadness and. Coming from a Caribbean household, I definitely think that dealing with emotions was seen as a sign of weakness, and I didn't realize I had issues until college when I would, I guess, over well not overreact but like, what's the word where you? It's not outlash. It's not the word. Lash out. Lash out. <laughs> <laughs> Lash out. I literally out, I was like, what am I saying? I Lash like, out. Nice. Boom. Um, Lash out at people um, for, like, I would say really snipey things, like, for no reason. Mm -hmm. And I was like, people don't communicate like this, you know? Like, folks are like, I'm making people feel sad, and I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And I feel really sad, and I don't want to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And I never actually knew how to deal with my emotions. So... college has been interesting because that's the this is the first time I've actually had to face myself Mm. and how my emotions operate um but yeah Huda and Abiola do you have anything
3: yeah I can I can kind of jump in here um it's really interesting hearing kind of your perspectives I feel like for me it, it was just slightly different I feel like I almost didn't realize what I was going through and what I was putting myself through <laughs> until I was like fully deeply in it to a point mm-hmm. where like it was it was like all consuming if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Um it's so hard to get out.
3: And it, it it yeah, it was to the point where it was like literally affecting my day-to-day life. It was affecting my ability to interact with other people, to talk to other people. And I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't really realize it because I've, I've kind of always just been the type of person that like I don't really like to burden other people with my issues So I kind of take everything on on my own I also don't really like <clears throat> uh, How do I say? Like I've, I think when I first started college Like I felt like I had to maintain some sort of persona That like everything was always okay and I was always good And there was nothing really going on because mm. I felt like I needed that to maintain my friends I needed that to kind of you know keep doing the work that I was doing and to like you know to do well in school I felt like I needed to prioritize those things over my own mental health and it didn't click for me that that was wrong until I was so deep in it that I was like you literally are at a point where like you, there's like there's nothing good in your life for you right now and like realizing that there were all these things that I was avoiding in the process to get myself there I was like damn bro like you really missed all this and now i'm here like reflecting and looking back so that's how it happened for me
2: yeah Ooh. um I i've, I've kind of like something like josh said i feel like it happened in stages um because i definitely recognized fairly early on like i definitely am depressed um probably in like middle school is when I was like, this is definitely Mm -hmm. high key depression. Um, I didn't do anything about it for multiple years. Yeah. But um, especially in middle school, I was like highly suicidal. So it was a very odd time. um, Because I would like have these little like bouts of like crazy thought processes at home, I would like plan things out It was like very extravagant. Um, And then I would go to school and like You know giggle around with everybody and go to like some political events and then go home and like repeat it so i feel like that's when i recognize like there's definitely a problem um but i don't think i felt i was very hopeless so i didn't really see any solutions to it um especially being raised in like a half immigrant household um like my dad's nigerian my mom is black american and neither were really taught proper things about mental health And both, sadly enough, have, like, mental illness on both sides of their family. So they've both had problems, but neither really recognized what was going on with me. Um, And so, uh, yeah. Um, And then even when I was going back through things with my mom a few weeks ago, we missed signs of, like, my anxiety disorder all throughout my childhood. Like, missed them intensely. I don't know how we missed them. Um, Like, for example, when I was, like, five... Um, I would get really frustrated and nervous if I forgot to do my homework because I could not remember to do my homework. And like forgetfulness is a really big mental health portion mm. when it comes to depression, anxiety. Like forgetfulness is a big part of a lot oh of. Oh my disorders. god, say that. Yeah.
0: Say that again. <laughs>
2: it's so big.
0: Literally, I can forget whole people.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't I even get me started. On one people. of my
0: mentors. Oh no. I had a mentor who I forgot. I was like. And I ran to this woman randomly at the dining hall and I was like, wait, <laughs> didn't I say I was going to cu- talk to you? I don't talk to this woman because I literally forgot her for months. Mm-hmm. Literally,
2: I call it like the, ve- the veil of forgetfulness because um, you can forget so many different things. And so I would forget to do my homework yeah. and I would literally have like the largest panic attack on my mom. Dropped me a school and I would hide in the bathroom for as long as I could and mm. skip my classes. I also had really racist teachers. So the combination was just like. I was like, these people already don't like me and I didn't do my homework. Um, and it was extreme. Like, imagine like a five year old like panicking in a bathroom stall, hiding for hours when they're supposed to be in class and nobody figures it out. Mm. Um, and so
0: And you don't got Twitter at this time either, so like mm. you're just standing there. That's what I'm
2: saying. Bathrooms and mental health, that needs to be a discussion.
1: (laughs) Yo, For Girl, real, can we talk about that?
3: that? <laughs> that's a that's that's a think piece.
1: That
3: oh, no, that's a dissertation, piece. like that. The correlation
1: <laughs> Why so the high.
3: bathrooms? Honestly, goodness
1: gracious. Honestly, though, there's probably a valid explanation for it. There's there's I mean, think about it. It's the closest place you can get to isolation. Yeah. Right? And I mean, when there's your body's in a flight or your
3: stall, I feel like it's the only place it, where exactly. people res- like the the boundary respect is there because ain't nobody about to walk into your stall because that's nasty. You know i'm saying but in any other setting like if you lock yourself in a closet like people will feel like they can enter your space still you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah but the bathroom people leave you
2: alone oh my god it's so terrible (laughs) um but yeah and so then i finally got um help actually because um Mm -hmm. a guy i was dating at the time actually threatened this was in junior year of high school um he threatened to tell my parents that i was like planning because again like i I was in a very very bad place i would like Low key, like, mm-hmm. plan, like, okay, I'm gonna like do this and I'm gonna like die this day of the week at this time doing this thing. It was very extreme. Um, and mind you, mm-hmm. this is like,
0: I'm so glad you didn't because that's so that would not uh, having an abuel in the world thank
2: would actually you. be That's very so terrible, sweet. That's yeah. so sweet. Um, but yeah, he like found something I had written about it and so he called me and he was like, I'm gonna call your parents today and tell them if you don't tell them. <laughs> so I like
0: as he should yeah honestly honestly, it
2: was like the best thing ever i definitely hated him for it hardcore at the time but um it was definitely good so i like sat down to my parents Mm -hmm. i was like hi guys this is what i've been doing my whole life and they reacted really badly um yelled at me like were were really upset they were like what are you doing you have a perfect life blah blah blah. and they sent me to like sleep in my dad's office and my mom sent me to school the next day and i was i was like really done that day and then she came and picked me up in the middle of the day and took me to um inpatient therapy <laughs> so she took me to a mental hospital mm-hmm. and um because well, she'd gotten off the phone with her friends and they were like you can't yell at a child when they tell you these things <laughs> so Not a she, <laughs> she like did she didn't know what to could do you,
0: I, could you imagine that phone call that yeah was, honestly basically i remember and I'm, I'm my my point i'm trying to touch on with this is like helpful things and not helpful things when people come to you. Mm. Especially because there's a at least there's a difference for me now that I'm older and like I know who I can talk to. Mm-hmm. I know that I don't when I'm depressed I don't really talk to my parents about it or my, my grandparents or anyone because I don't want to worry them and they like you know can get really like they don't really know what to say to necessarily make me feel better and that's not on them it's just a me thing. So I I it's easier as an adult to be like, ooh, I'm an adult, wow, as an adult to, like, be able to have friends. I could Even, like, Josh, for example, I, I would much rather talk to Josh, for example, than I would talk to my grandfather, because my grandfather would be like, you're sad, and that's making me sad, so don't be sad. And it's like, well... Thanks for putting the burden on me. <laughs> no that's they don't and they don't get that and it's not their father they don't get it because they just haven't even talked about it to even figure out that's a thing Mm. um but when you're a child and literally like you're around other children who we don't know we I don't know anything right now I definitely didn't know shit when I was 15 like (laughs) you know and you're around other 15 year olds or other 11 year olds and we're all angsty it's puberty things are happening um you have to rely on your parents ultimately and you have to rely on like the adults in your life and when they do things like that it's just so damaging and i feel like i just want to touch on that spectrum of like for me i've lived my life with depression if anything i guess i'm a high functioning depressed person Mm -hmm. um but i've never been suicidal because i do know my parents and my family would like i don't know how they would go on without me (laughs) So, but like um So, I don't know. I want to kind of ask you, one, when you came to people to, you know, talk about your your mental health issues, what was helpful and what was not so helpful? And what place were you at? You know, like, have you, and how did you get there? Because this is a spectrum. I want people to recognize that just because someone might be depressed, it doesn't mean they're necessarily going to kill themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or be suicidal Right. Yeah. Um, and like this is the same thing with anxiety like someone can be anxious but still be able to function whereas another person might be anxious but needs to take a step back or might be having a panic attack or something so how do you recognize which side of the spectrum you're on essentially and how to handle that like
2: honestly googling Googling is really helpful, so I've always been a high-functioning depressive um, and a high... Well, funny, I now... So just, like, small amounts of context, briefly. Um, So I used to have, like, very bad bouts of depressive, so what my psychiatrist said was that I have a history of, like, depressive episodes, essentially, that pop in and out. Um, They can be really long, really short, but I'm always high-functioning for the most part, which means, essentially, that... Um, like for example when all this was going on and I was like at my worst like junior year of high school mm-hmm. I was running a physical store so I had my own store um, I was in charge of like three different student clubs on campus that were all thriving um, I was on my drill team I was uh, running some campaigns locally so I was doing a lot of things and I was doing them at a very high level and so it was not recognizable to most people that I had an issue at all Um mm-hmm. in college I had the transition, which shifted from me having um, bouts of depression to an anxiety disorder full-blown. Yeah. So it was, like, flipping on its head. It was really terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because anxiety right disorder, <laughs> yeah, it made me low-functioning um, at times. So uh, with that being said, Googling really helped me because I couldn't figure out – I didn't even know I had anxiety disorder. I just mm-hmm. knew I felt like I was shaking all the time. Um, and, like – for example, I developed, like, a small amount of agoraphobia when I had a really bad um, run-in with some things um, in the media um, at my last semester at my last university. And so I didn't go outside for, like, if I could stay inside for, like, three, four days in a row, I would not go outside. Um, I could mm-hmm. barely deal with going to class. Like, I couldn't focus. I started to feel unsafe in class. Um I couldn't think straight, like, I would literally not talk to people. Going to places to get food started stressing me out. Um, mm-hmm. so I be- it started to impact my way of life. Um, and I, like, made a video on this I'm hopefully going to share this week about, like, basically my disability becoming visible. So going from high functioning to low functioning. And it made it to where it was hard for me to do the smallest things possible. So where I could normally, like, stay up for four days in a row, do all these things, I could work um go places I started having panic attacks in public places um I started Mm -hmm. like plane rides for example started to give me anxiety (laughs) and I've flown my whole life everywhere so to all of a sudden start having full-blown panic attacks on the airplane anytime anything happened like crying like you're talking about somebody bawling on an airplane like a 19 year old by themselves (laughs) it was just really bad um so for me, those were the signs of it being very obviously visible Was my, I noticed the way that I functioned had to change and things in my life had to change. So I, uh, for me, um, looking things up, talking to somebody, getting a consistent therapist was so important because you can have a therapist. I think a lot of people have a therapist, but they see them once every three months and they don't really you know, go in depth as they should. Or they only see them when they think they need them. But going to a therapist consistently, even when you don't need them, is such a big part of learning and developing, like, guidelines and other things and being able to, like, really function. I got a service dog, so I trained my own service dog, which was really helpful to have somebody that could tell me outside of myself, like, hey, you're freaking out, let's go sit down, let's go for a walk, you know, here's some, here's your medication if you need it, somebody to kind of poke me in my, in my side and tell me, like, clearly you're not feeling well and you can't seem to recognize it, so I'll recognize it, Um, and so that for me, those are some things.
0: Honestly, a real quick point about therapy. I always like to say, um, you don't find a therapist when you're crashing and burning. You find a therapist so you don't end up crashing and burning at all. Yeah. <laughs> because the thing is, what happens um, at least for me, I'm always like, yeah, I should get a therapist. I should get a therapist. I should get a therapist. And I honestly, to be to be quite frank, I don't have. I didn't have a therapist up until quarantine because the rates. For the therapist in Boston Astronomical Mm. And my insurance Mm -hmm. Trash Mm. So I would literally have to pay like $200 Or something a session or something crazy And I Just felt so bad putting that burden on my parents Which is like I know it's something they would pay for me And they they wanted to pay but I was like
1: I feel so terrible Even just
0: doing this And like taking time out of classes And taking time off of work Or trying to figure out when to even see them So thank God for telehealth too um, right now, I love yeah. that that's becoming more of a. The thing. The virus has
2: increased telehealth. I really yeah, which is so much, so much
0: better, because literally in Boston, I would have to like, I don't have a car, I'd have to like put in time to commute and go there, and it was just so inconvenient. But what ended up happening is every semester, without fail, I would get depressed. Like I, I would stress myself out, and I would like isolate myself, and all these things, and like when you're struggling to just complete things, or when eating is a task, and when these are all things you have to do just because you know you need to do it. Adding on finding a therapist in that state is just not going to be helpful. Like, yeah. And honestly, a thing you could do if you were someone who wanted to support a loved one and maybe they were trying to find a therapist, but like they're depressed already, you can maybe go online, look up their insurance, and see which therapist took their insurance and like try to find a therapist that suits them. Like, I only have black female therapists throughout my whole life Mm -hmm. only ever had black female therapists and that is important because some of the things i talk about like if i talk about how the angry black woman stereotypes stereotype impacts my life which i have talked about at therapy i can't have a white woman (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. i can't
0: have a non-black hispanic woman like i need to have someone who has who has experienced it to be able to say i get it and i see you mm. so if you have an asian friend who is depressed you might want to look into an asian therapist if you can even find someone from their similar background or if you have a lgbtq plus friend you can find and they'll put in their bio if they are suited to that as well they'll put in their list of qualifications so that's something to look into if you want to actually get because it it ta- it's honestly such less work for the person if you just give them that list um Because that's what my parents did for me. They at least looked up therapists and sent me a list for me to go through. And that was actually infinitely easier than me looking myself. But Hoden, you were going to say something.
3: Yeah, I was just going to add, I don't, I'm in the potentially maybe small pool of people that hates therapy. Like it just was not (laughs) the thing for me. And I think when we talk about mental health and I think where I kind of really struggled um, kind of, in my sophomore junior year was being able to like understand that one like it just looks different for everybody so i was kind of like not avoiding my depression but just not seeing it because i thought i knew the warning signs you know what i'm saying like I yeah. I almost didn't even know what was happening to me until it was you know Like I said until it was too late because I was like well too late mm-hmm. I have always been someone and everyone who everyone at BU knows like I was always someone who kind of threw myself into my work fully Like threw myself into mm-hmm. my social life fully So it was like from the outside looking in and in a lot of ways from the inside looking in like my life was perfect Like I didn't really have anything to really be complaining about um So when I did kind of, you know, feel like I was having off days or things like that, I just attributed it to like, you're just having a bad week, like, you'll get through it, like, it'll be fine. Um, I'm also someone who, I don't like talking to other people about what I'm going through, like, that's just not, it just doesn't work for me, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And when we have the conversation of mental health, like, obviously therapy is very important, it's useful, but I think talking about it in a way where I think sometimes, especially online, it can feel like people will say things along the lines of, like, oh, but how are you complaining about your mental health and you don't have a therapist? Like, you should be mm-hmm. doing something about it. And it's just, like, yes, you should be doing something about it, but that something doesn't have to be getting a therapist. you know what I'm saying? It doesn't work mm-hmm. for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was really figuring out what are, like not even coping mechanisms because for a long time my coping mechanism was just like doing more things and that's why i do so many things Mm -hmm. but it was like finding healthy coping coping mechanisms that was Mm -hmm. not relying on other people because for me like for whatever reason it's probably because of the way i I grew up and just like things that i went through in my life like being a feeling like a burden to other people will only make my only make me feel worse you know what i'm saying so i had to learn that like what works for other people might not work for you and that is totally okay and i had to like drill it into my head and i still do like it's it's something i still struggle with a little bit is like just reminding myself that like my story and the way it happens for me and the way that i pull myself out of it is not going to be how other people choose to do it and how other people do it is not how i have to do it i'm so glad that
2: one of the reasons i think one of the reasons though i sometimes therapy feels so daunting for people and not like everybody necessarily the thing about mental health is it's such a gray area for a lot of people because it depends on the disorder or if there even is a disorder. It depends on like what's going on. So for most people, they do for, most people starting off in a place like with a psychiatrist, not even a therapist. We'll say from like a clinical setting, somebody who can sit down and like do an in-depth check and Say like this is what's going on, and these are some courses of action you can take is probably really beneficial, regardless of whether or not they go on to therapy. But the problem is getting there can be so daunting Mm -hmm. that it ends up harming the person. I feel like that's something. Money,
0: it's really in money and money money. and And, and that access can be really hard. Insurance is terrible. I know because (laughs) my parents both work in insurance. You know what I mean? Like it just it's just so difficult. But to actually really hard.
3: That is like the thing about therapy and even like psychiatry which is like a great point is like you have to kind of have that tough conversation with yourself where you recognize there's a problem there and that is I think where a lot of that's where I struggled because it was like in order for me to call somebody up and be like hey like I think there's something wrong with me mentally like that is a hard thing to grapple with like I remember the first time I made that phone call i was really struggling and i didn't know how to get out of it and i literally was on the phone Mm -hmm. with this woman from like behavioral health at like some department and it's like for you to even google like behavioral health like and to acknowledge that that's a problem you're having is a lot on its own which is why i was avoiding it and to call someone up and be like i really think there's something wrong with me and like to sit there and have to explain it to somebody for them to then decide like if if you're like whatever your issues are are like worth seeing a psychiatrist like that is a lot to put somebody through you know what i'm saying
2: it's hard it's really hard and we don't do that and that's not that 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 somebody physical, being there with we don't you do that with
3: like physical injuries like with physical injuries like first of all you see a you see like you see someone yearly they check on your physical body like they check on these things for you so you don't have to do it but we don't have mm-hmm. that support like from a mental perspective like you really like have to dig deep and that is something that is so difficult to do that I understand why a lot of people don't do it.
2: Yeah, and yeah. that's a point I want to push across. I think sometimes having somebody like I said, if I hadn't had if if my if my friend hadn't threatened yeah, me at the time and very literally forced mm-hmm. me, I very literally could not have ever gotten my mental health yeah. in order. Like it's very possible. And having somebody go with you is something I just want to like throw in real quick. Because having somebody like hold your hand sometimes say I'll take you to a therapist mm-hmm. Or I'll take you to a psychiatrist or I'll take you to group therapy or to treatment or whatever it may be can literally save a life. Like going with somebody and like pushing them and holding their hand while they walk through that part to get through the hard part, breaking breaking that first barrier can really do yeah, a lot. 100%. Like yeah. So much. And you're you're so you're so right on that, Holden. You really are.
0: Josh, do you have anything to add before I
1: jump in LOTA? <laughs> Oh, my God, there's so many things that I could say, but I'm, I'm really, really glad that put brought up um, therapy, not necessarily being for everyone, just because I do have some experience. So let me just get into it. So basically, I also had someone very close to me at the time during one of my low points make a threat to me. Um, <laughs> I was threatened <laughs> and basically some bad things were going to happen if I did not see a therapist. um yeah so i i did see a black woman for a therapist um and Mm -hmm. it just didn't it didn't work out and it's interesting because when you parallel that to Abiola's experience that threat helped her in hindsight looking back but for me that threat i think was the reason that it didn't work Mm -hmm. i I didn't go to therapy for my own reasons i wasn't there
0: i want to touch on that mentally okay
1: Right. So so psychologically, there's so many things that influence this the state of mind that we're in at any given moment. Right. So the thing mm-hmm. that will cause your major depressive episode is it, it's it's related to so many other things. Right. To so many things mm-hmm. going on. Right. So let's talk about all the stuff. So I had personal stuff going on with relationships, stuff going on at home, trying to deal with being a black man. Right. In America, <laughs> like that's a whole yes. point of stress for me oh, and okay. uh, on top of my, my mental health. Right. So. If you think about the variety of factors that are affecting why my cognition is not working the way that it's supposed to, throwing on the added stress of this person, like, I have to do this because this person is pushing me into this when I wasn't quite ready on my own to pursue that help, that just made it worse. So that left me with a bad taste in my mouth for therapy. So I think, yeah
0: when they made that threat were you like suicidal like aviola i was not i was not suicidal
1: no i was not suicidal i was just i was going through a a serious depressive episode um so i i sort of had wish that at that point something else had caused me to go or if i had been ready sooner then maybe things would have gotten better sooner and i only say that to say is that you gotta get help when you're ready but there is also a certain point where it's like if it's a problem you you have to acknowledge it and i didn't make it better for myself by waiting to acknowledge it so i want to say that there's a balance there because as things got worse and i got lower and lower then we started getting into like post-traumatic stress and more stuff added on top of that right so I guess the main takeaway from what I'm saying is that the earlier you can prevent it, which is exactly why you go to therapy, to try and prevent it from getting any worse, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. just just be cautious. like be Keep your eye yeah. on it. And I think a big problem with that is that introspection is not really encouraged um not just like i don't want to say in our in our culture but yeah sort of like in the in our culture especially like in the introspection is not encouraged we're not taught to want to be in touch with ourselves Mm -hmm. and we we learn so many things about the way the body works but we ignore the fact that our minds and our bodies are connected that is the thing that happens we're not taught about it and people have not made the subsequent connection that our mental health also is affected to it affects well, our health in other various we just ways. we're
0: so stuck on productivity. So we learn about our physical bodies insofar as it makes us more productive and we're able to live longer and work more yeah. well and, like, do that. Yeah. Um, and I Stinks. think quarantine provides an interesting point of that because literally so many people are recognizing they have mental health issues because for the first time they're faced with being alone. or being And silence. Yeah, and, like, dealing with so many other stresses, too. But, like, you're kind of forced to be pulled back um, but I want that point you brought up, Josh, is very important. I don't want therapy to seem like the be all end all. I think um the first time I ever went to therapy was in high school because my mom thought I was gonna commit suicide. like she was very scared because I don't think throughout and this is the thing is adults don't recognize kids kid the feelings of children as valid. Um, like literally, it's so interesting how for eighteen years you're entrusted into the care of other people and they're supposed to listen and they're supposed to know how to take care of you, allegedly, supposedly, (laughs) and um, they don't take it seriously because you're a kid. Like No no one is taking a kid seriously when they're saying they're depressed or when they're saying they're anxious. Mm -hmm. Like Even with my headaches, no one took my migraines. I've had migraines literally since I was five. Nobody took that seriously until senior year of high school when I was getting a migraine every day. On the dot at nine something or something, right? So, when I actually was confronted with that episode in high school, um, my mother made sure I went to a therapist. But the reason why I didn't work at the time is I was a seventeen-year-old. I already had so much stuff on my plate. I didn't want to go to therapy. I'm pretty sure there was some time. Well, I just didn't. I did, and I was seventeen. I wasn't. I didn't. Wasn't thinking about myself like that i wasn't introspect i wasn't trying to figure out solange i was trying to figure out college like i wasn't doing all of that whereas i got a therapist in quarantine i actually was able to get the therapist for free through black female therapists um so i didn't have to pay for the first few sessions which were so helpful um and her rate was pretty cheap so i kept going with it for the summer but It's because in quarantine, after I shut off from school, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I know I have codependency issues. Okay, I have anxiety because I literally anxiety is the most irritating thing for me because I will literally be sitting still, but my mind and my heart is moving and I can't focus on anything, but I can't sleep. And it's the most frustrating thing because at least with depression, you could like sleep. Like, you know, (laughs) anxiety is irritating. So anxiety is unstable. So stupid. (laughs) Like, I had anxiety this whole day. I've been jittery this whole day. Mm-hmm. So it's it's irritating. And I was like, okay, let me go to therapy to find some coping mechanisms. And now I've paused therapy because I know there are some things I need to do. Like, I need to get a routine, for example. Like, going to bed at this time, waking up at this time, getting back into doing yoga regularly, getting back into doing meditation, getting back into journaling, that thing. And if I'm still having issues outside of my routine, that's when I will, in October or November, I'll actually go see a therapist again to get some more help. But I feel like I'm in a good place where I know, like, there's only so many times they can recommend breathing exercises and stuff. You have to do them. Like, you have to do them, you know? You have to actually try the things that are being told to you so it can make a difference. And that's the thing about therapy, and, and I saw this tweet and Abiola retweeted it. It's just such a valid tweet. It was about... Oh, my God. It was basically about how your boyfriend or your partner can't be your therapist because therapy actually is a science. And, like, you know, (laughs) you go to the therapist to figure out. It's not just talking about your feelings. It's about, okay, here are my feelings. Here's what you can do to feel better, maybe. Mm -hmm. Here's why you feel Mm -hmm. this way. Um, And so I think, honestly, there are so many things, even before therapy, that you can try, like, maybe like hoden said she her coping mechanism was piling on things
3: it was an unhealthy and that was one adding more stress. and i've now found healthier was, ones but that was my coping mechanism. right
0: exactly so when you sit back and you're like okay i am having anxiety i keep doing these things i'm stressed out because i keep doing things this is where you just have to be like girl drop five things and now. that was
3: hard for me now yeah
0: and it's gonna yeah. be difficult it's so difficult but the other p- point i wanted to touch on is how unhelpful <laughs> how unhelpful it is when you say you're depressed and the first thing and this is from a caribbean parent perspective like
1: <laughs> Well, what
0: you have to be sad about?
1: Yo, stop. Like, why,
0: what do you have to be sad about? Because Abiola brought it up, and it's true. I'm going to say it right now. My life right now, I'm very content with my life. I enjoy all the people I have in my life. I like what I'm doing. I like my schedule. I, I feel fine. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to have... It's a mental imbalance. But depression is not you know? sadness. Yeah. I think
3: a lot of people tend to confuse the two. Like, In my like depressive periods, for a lot of those times... I was like I was pretty happy like I was happy with everything going on in my life but it was like Mm
1: -hmm. this
3: mental battle of like why does something still feel off though like why does it feel like there's something missing even though like you know I'm doing everything I want to do in school like my friends are great like I, I have everything but I still am struggling and it's I think that's where it gets the most difficult because it's like you're really we've been like conditioned to believe that like and it it comes with like the stigma of talking about mental health that like mental health equals there's something wrong with you or there's something that's like you know off right we don't talk about our physical health like that like if i if i like if i you know am feeling off with my body and there's no there's nothing visibly Mm. there like i can still make the case that there's probably something wrong and people will believe me you know what i'm saying people will run tests and they'll try to figure out internally what is going on with you but with mental health, it's, like, it's not really taken seriously until yeah. you're, like, sad and, like, broken. You know what I'm saying?
0: And trying to off yourself. Yeah. yeah. And then oh, people are, like, people don't are like, damn,
3: I did not see this coming. And I'm, like, that's the problem is because every we're all looking for the wrong things. Like, we're looking for sadness. We're looking for, like. Yeah. And, we're looking for and it does types. present that way sometimes. But it also, more often than not, does not. You know what I'm saying? Like, retweet. Retweet. Yeah. I'm the funniest person you could ever meet. Just kidding, I'm not. But like,
0: I I I'd be making jokes, no, but, and I'd be yeah. sad half the time I'm making jokes. Like and then, <laughs> and I'm depressed yeah. half the time I'm making jokes. And that's the thing. I'm like, like a funny version of Eeyore. Yeah. And
2: that's because people still think mental health though is like only environmental. Exactly. Like when I tell you, so Mm-mm. many people. I had a whole therapist who told me, and we we later on we have to talk about therapists and how. Finding the right therapist is like dating, so a bad therapist can ruin no, things to me, literally. But a good one can ruin the to
0: like no Abbiola to your point of that real quick, in the last episode in the campus survivor campus survivors episode, this girl literally had a therapist tell her, Well, at least your assaulter didn't kill you.
3: And it's just that's like not um, a good therapist. Okay. Like is that supposed to make <laughs> me feel better? Yeah. So
0: if it's not working, it's not you. There's nothing wrong with exactly. you. Exactly. When I tell you guys
2: thing. I have had so many therapists, I can't even count how many? Th- one of the therapists I had was this white man. It was the first one out of my out of me being hospitalized too. This is this is me coming out of a hospital. I'm like in a fragile state. I'm like clearly like something is like fucked up with me. Sorry. So like so, something in, in me is, is messed up, and I go to this this white man therapist because I couldn't find anybody. And this was like highly recommended dude. And after seeing him for Bye. like three weeks, he sent me a text um which i i texting your therapist like can be weird and not weird to me because i was like a 17 year old girl at the time and this is a white man i found it weird um but also was to keep up to date with like other stuff and this man sent me a text saying like you fucking asshole because i was running late for therapy Yo, sorry, i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm mm-hmm. sorry your, your therapist Yo, said that to you he called me like an effing asshole <gasps> in the text I it, it was it was something like he cursed was me out right my relatable? mom
0: Children? yeah he thought he was
2: cool he thought he was a cool therapist so like for example the first session when we sat down he was like give me your phone and unlock it and I didn't care because I thought I'm a person where I have secrets but I also don't have secrets like mm-hmm. if you really want to know something about me you can ask and I will always tell you the truth um, no, like always really so I gave him my phone and he was shocked he was like most teenagers don't just hand over their phone so he like thought he was being cool because it was like a whole tactic um, and he like cursed a lot because he thought he was cool and so for this man to curse me out when I don't even drive, I'm late because my parents who work God knows how many hours a week, they literally worked from like six AM to midnight most days. It was very it was a lot. And so they're running late trying to bring me to therapy. therapist. And you have never texted me. My mom went oh Actually,
0: she, she went because oh, I've never not, seen that woman. Angrier. That's literally I don't I don't get people sometimes like that's what that I'm that, that makes no sense. Exactly. That makes cool. no very
1: poor taste. That's
0: that 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 makes no. That's not even poor taste. That's unprofessional. Like the way that I literally would have been like, that's your
3: job. Thank you. Like mm. there is no <laughs> way. Yeah. Oh my god.
2: And could you imagine if that was the, the I like I hadn't seen a therapist after that because of that? Yeah. Like that would be a valid. But imagine you were to, like, like having a rough really day. Like imagine
3: you were mm-hmm. like already kind of on edge and like you know. I just that's so yeah. that's
2: it's terrible. No, so like well. like it's such a bad problem I feel like cuz people have these interactions with these therapists, you know, and therapists are people too, which I feel like we have to re- you know recognize they're people who have degrees about how to help people, that's true. but they're still yeah. people. And while that tactic that he had may have worked for, like, a little white boy who, like, needed to get his life in order, you know, maybe that's, like, what Timothy needs to, like, you (laughs) know, get his shit together. Abiola doesn't need that.
1: No, Abiola (laughs) is not Timothy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) is not Timothy. Abiola doesn't need to be cursed out. Like, it's not what I needed. So I found other therapists, and it took me—the therapist I have now is literally perfect in every way. Like, financially, like, everything is perfect, and Mm -hmm. it's the first time since starting therapy in, like— how many years ago is that? Oh my God! Okay, so four plus, <laughs> so like five years ago. You're not that old.
0: She actually like, <laughs> so like, so
2: yeah, like, no. like, I'm so old. I'm like, yeah, like you know, I'm really sixty I'm like,
3: bro,
2: I'm really sixty to be honest. But yeah. it's the first time in all that time that I found a therapist that I feel like works so well with everything, and like in and the end, I might need a new therapist in a few months because at the end of the day you can have therapists for a certain time period that are for help you that are going to help you through that one blip you may have and you may need a new one you know just in the same way friends aren't always forever some friends are just meant to get Mm. you through a season like some therapists are only meant to get you through a season Mm. Mm. and like you know at the end of the day you may need to switch even when things are perfect like you know things happen so i just like had to throw that in there
0: honestly i also want to touch on josh for you as a black man how does that like work with your mental
1: health because yo how long you got (laughs) how long y'all got listen um you know my existence as a black man in this country in this climate at this time
0: (laughs) in this economy
1: i mean there is
3: global pandemic
1: yo yo let me in a pandemic unique is not even the word for it right because because there are so many layers to the problems that i face mentally when it comes to getting over some of these hurdles right black boom already like okay number one let's, (laughs) let's deal with that like black Second, man. So we now we're compounding things that affect toxic masculinity. The stigma around men sharing their feelings. Yo! You know how badly that screwed me up? It took me so long to get over that one. Because you are conditioned and programmed as a man to power through things. And it took me so long to understand that it is okay to ask for help and to accept that. Mm -hmm. And I... Not that I hate to admit this because, let's be honest, when what other way would it have happened, but I am so fortunate to have had so many black women around me to help dispel that. And I say black women because it is specifically black women, my mother, my sisters, uh, friends, really close people that could help me dispel that because other black men certainly were not helping. They were not helping. I, I had one. Let me, let me share. I have there's one super super close he's like a brother to me but i remember i posted a selfie and this is sort of related sort of not but just goes so there's this person i grew up with right as a brother and so i posted the selfie right you know i was looking a little cute or whatever you feel me you know i was feeling myself or whatever and <laughs> he was like yo you look mad gay and he proceeded mm-hmm. to call me a word that i will not repeat and it's like i just i just think like it compounds those experiences right because right? Mm-hmm. it's like now this is a person that I actually did share feeling my feelings with. It's like a fellow black man that I shared my feelings with. It's like, bro, how you going? How you going to call me that now? Like, right. that's gonna make yeah. me not want to share. So, yeah, lots of experiences like that. Trying to tackle being a man, where okay, we don't share our feelings. We're taught we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to power through it. We're supposed to hold it in, keep it inside, mm. get it out through other things. Bro, like Mm -hmm. the amount of times I told people, abusing women, like yeah, bro, like what, like what type of story? Tory
0: Lanez, real quick,
1: let's actually. First of all, Tory had the audacity to drop a whole album, bro. I was talking to a friend of mine, another black man. I love this, and he said, "We black men, as a collective, just why do we do this?" And I was like, "I don't know," but these negroes disappointing us. I am disappointed in us. I really am because it just hurts. I had a a black man
0: gaslight me. Like, a few weekends ago or whatever. I'm not going to give the exact time.
1: <laughs> she I'm said
3: I don't want no one to connecting this. the dots.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Oh, but I shy, literally... Baby.
0: This man literally said I was, like, a radical feminist. And I was too true. Okay, you know
3: what the crazy part is? You? Listen, we're going so off topic. But, like, people really talk about feminism like it's a bad thing. They'll be like, oh, my God. <laughs> you must be a feminist. I'm like, yeah, I, I am. What about it? No, no, he's like
0: you hate men and i'm like no i actually don't hate men i hate patriarchy there's a difference i'm also i'm gonna be honest i'm gonna be honest with
3: you i just think that if there are certain women out there who you know say that they hate men like in this you know in the in the world that we're living in and everything that's going on the way social media works all that i can't even be mad about that i'm literally sitting here and i'm like hating hating men is like low-key valid right now because it's just like there's so many reasons to do so both at like an institutional and like an individual level micro- that is a valid yes. feeling like i'm not going to take that away from anybody it's like if that's men are scary. If that's how you feel that's how you realize feel. that
1: they're terrifying i hate men That's and why I, see, barely associate. I don't associate with other straight men why, why do you think that is it's because i find so many of them so many of them to be repulsive not in only just mainly in their behavior like why bro why are you acting like that and i had somebody tell me like yo if your boy does Blank thing that is really really bad. Like what you're doing, and I'm like, that's not did I talk more. to that person? Okay. They're like, bro, that's not your boy. Exactly, that's not my boy no more. Like that's why people are like, bro, why don't you have straight friends? Other straight friends, I mean, it's like, bro, because they be walling, like they be bugging, so they're not my boys no more. Like you see, the and that, it's yes. as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And that's, and that's all it that has to be.
3: It's it's crazy that we kind of bring that up, like relative to the conversation that we're having right now and like just relative to like everything that's going on in the world right now like being a black woman and living right now and it's like I aside from everything that we've been talking about in this conversation because I feel like a lot of the things we've been talking about so far have been relative to the personal things happening in our own individual lives whether that's our friends whether that's school whether that's family like that's one issue and then you throw in kind of like the politics and the like socialization of what it's like to be a black woman living like you're one dealing with you know everything that's happening with the black lives matter movement like with police brutality with all that and then you're also dealing with like Black women deal with literally everything. And still we're still All kind of the time. look we're still looked at as being, you know, the strength for a lot of people. We're still looked at as, you know, people who still always have the it savior. together and like feeling like time. you no matter how much your world is crumbling, you have to live up to that expectation is like be further debilitating. You know what I'm or saying? Because it's like mm-hmm. yeah. you can't even and I think for me, a big part of why I've always been like, I don't wanna I don't I don't like when people know what I'm going through. Like I went through the craziest depressive ups and downs last year to the point where like I did hit a point where I was like very suicidal. And until yeah. now, nobody has known. Like I remember talking about it with my close friends like about a week ago and like the people who know me so so well not even knowing and then being like, how did I not know? And I'm like, because I didn't feel like I could even talk about these things. Because everyone looked at me and was always like, you're so this, and you're so that, and you're this. And I felt like I had to live up to that. And I wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to feel anything else. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like...
0: I honestly, I relate to that. Because there was one day I ran into a couple of friends. And this is not their fault. um, And this is not the... Yeah. I, I don't know, fault them for anything, I guess. It, i ran into them and i just was having i was over it like i was tired yeah. i didn't feel like talking it was one of those days where i felt like not talking because even though i talk a lot and it sounds like i swallowed a parrot bottom to say <laughs> Wait, no, a trinity <laughs> phrase it sounds like I, ta- I talk a lot <laughs> so, no literally it, it, it just it doesn't mean that's my resting state i feel like that's people don't the the lie of social media people Mm -hmm. think because they know you in real life a little bit like they might have had you in class and because they see you post things on social media and i typically post like engaging topic stuff when i'm in the mood um they think i'm always on so they don't realize that the public you know persona is not a facade but it's only one element of a person like you don't actually know a person so I ran into these friends, and I was like saying, hey, and I also had my headphones, and then my headphones just cancel out many things, so I can't really hear people, so I try not to shout, because I'm like, I don't know how loud I sound right now. And my friend was like, hey, you, are you okay? And honestly, I hate when people ask mm. me that.
3: Oh, <laughs> I just be like, what do you it. want is me to too. say, bro? Do you want me to lie, or do you it's want me like, to like? I don't want to talk. No, but it's just talk. like, even if you did want to talk, it's like, does this person who kind of knows me but doesn't really know me, do they want to know like Need my deep traumas? My like, do you mm-hmm. actually care if I'm okay? Because I don't think you do. You know what I'm saying?
0: There's nothing you can really do about it. You know what I mean? Like, it just is what it is. So I just hate like, just if you see me and I'm quiet, just let it rock, bro. Like. It's fine, mm. you know what I mean? Maybe but- that's
2: also a person-to-person thing that was, like, knowing... Because I... It's interesting to hear you guys say that you hate that. I'm one of those people, and if I think someone's not okay whether I know them or not, I will ask them that if I see them. But, like... I don't know. People also will cry with me, though. I, mean, like, I, I think, don't know. Maybe I it's just because I think it's of a little bit
1: different, the context that you're talking about. Because you, as a person, when you're checking up on someone, it is very clear that your intentions are genuine it is very clear and it's not superficial it's like oh are you okay it's like you're an observant person too so it's like yo i care about you like i'm your friend i've noticed you've been blah 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 and then a a dialogue will proceed from that i think it's a little bit different because one it's like not everybody takes not everybody approaches checking up on somebody in that that way and not everybody can not everybody has not everybody has the relationships
0: to to do no, that. No, but not even that. I hate the ones where it's like, you okay? You know, it's just like...
2: The,
3: the, the, like, mm-hmm. I, like I, okay,
2: I guess I'm not seeing it because I don't do that. So in my head, I'm thinking like...
0: It, there's a difference. Like, like I, how are these people I, being... Literally, when I ask someone if they're okay, I make sure I have the time and space to sit down if they actually tell me they're not okay. I'm literally... And I'm very... And this is something I've been doing. If you oh. are also someone who is struggling, like with your mental health, like, I have someone, this girl who keeps reaching out to me to hang out, and she's very sweet, but I literally have not even been hanging out with my close friends, I've not been calling people, like, so, and I was like, sweetie, I literally, like, There's one night where she was crying and she needed to talk to someone, so I did try to talk to her, but that night, I too was feeling bad, and I had a migraine, and it was just one of those, like, bad, you know, situations, so, I literally, I was just like, you know, I was very honest about the fact that I literally don't have the emotional capacity to give her energy right now. Because I don't. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is you also cannot expect the people you reach out to to necessarily be able to support you in the way you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the other thing is like, people, because you're never a burden. I want to, I, I, you're never a burden. I know you, and I, hold on, you bring up that point and that's so valid. But, um, people would rather you like say something before you like do something that we can't take back um so always reach out especially people who love you and care about you um but the other thing is like and this is something i want people who have mental health issues to understand is just because you have mental health issues it doesn't give you a free pass at being toxic
1: Mm. Ooh! Hey, wow yo you preaching <laughs> sis yo go off wow. go off on a just... beat homegirl do your thing because you spitting facts right now <laughs> stop
0: no it's just because like for me i also don't want to overburden people with my feelings and there, because there are only a few people i talk to about my feelings i just like i always make sure i'm not doing it too much with them and i try to i also want to get better at self-soothing so i can you know deal with myself and be better at handling myself Um, like, today, honestly, being single is so much, bro. Like, I had a bad day today. I didn't even have a boo to be like, could you buy me food? (laughs) Like the streets are cold that's crazy <laughs> solange i could have brought you food. one one
3: yeah i could have brought you food. Nah. You, just, you just need to hit me up and number two i'm like the opposite no but i feel bad because when i'm having bad days no that's why I like just being single is just so it's like the best thing for me because i'm just like when i'm having mm. bad days i'd be like nobody talks to me like literally i don't want to talk to you i don't, I don't want, want you I, me like I just want to be alone i just want to be by myself it's like that's when i'm at my calmest right but it's just like learning yeah. those things about yourself. And if you feel like you, you know, are too dependent, then it's just like, try to find people who've like been through similar things who like are the opposite, like Solange, like we, me and you could literally have a conversation like after this about how I am kind of the opposite of that. Cause I feel like me and you could even learn a lot from each other, you know what I'm saying? Cause we right. we're we're going through the same thing, but we deal with it in two very different ways could i Mm -hmm. you know be more open about things like would that be beneficial to me probably because sometimes things do eat at me because i don't talk about them but at the same time like could you maybe learn like things that you could do to make sure that you're not you know extremely codependent yes Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so it's just it's about finding that balance for yourself and that starts with learning you know what type of person you are
2: And sometimes some people need therapy to learn that. Some people
3: do. I'm not one of those people, but some people do.
0: (laughs) I
2: had to. I have a weird time with friendships. The
0: the other thing is for therapists. The other thing I want to say is like, you could just even have a support system. Like when I was going through my breakup, like which is honestly the most raggedy I've been in my life, is going through my breakup. Mm -hmm. Still accomplished all of my goals though, but like you know was not a good time for me.
2: Right.
0: I remember there were like my academic advisor. I actually shout out Taryn. Taryn doesn't realize her impacts, like, honestly. Um, oh,
2: god, I love Taryn. Oh, you have to tell her that.
0: No, I always tell her that, and she just doesn't get it. Like, Taryn literally... I'm just like, every time I bring up your name in the Honors College, everyone's always like, oh my god, I love her. Like, I don't think she really understands how good she is at her job. But anyway, so I would talk to Taryn. Aww. I would also talk to Eric. Shout out Eric. He's actually going to be on this podcast. I would talk to my... He's now my project advisor, Dr. Masiki. Like, I had people who I would go to and just, like, be a teenager with them. Like, I would just spill whatever I was feeling at the time that I felt comfortable sharing. Because I also relate to Holden. I hate saying how I feel because it makes me feel vulnerable, and I hate people knowing things about me. So realistically, I don't tell people the actual deep shit I feel. I only tell them the superficial or kind of deep, but, like, not too deep. Like, talking, like, maybe three feet, maybe not six feet. Um in terms of the kiddie pool or whatever. I don't... It's just, like, it. something about... And that's honestly the roadblock to me dealing with my mental health is because it's so normal for it to be seen as being weak. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I remember I was even mm-hmm. talking to a family member and they were like, why do you go to therapy? Like, what for what? Do you pay this person, like, to tell you what? Like, what are you doing? Um, mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like, why do you to... why why are you making a big deal just get a thick skin and move on (laughs) and that's because i did that i was doing that for 17 years and it was not the move so even if it's just honestly really try journaling because journaling you can't lie to yourself when you're journaling like you could try and you could really attempt to but at the end of the day when you put down the pen you're gonna know it's a lie and that's the thing about Mm -hmm. writing is like writing makes whatever you feel permanent like it makes it feel like if it's like mm-hmm. true and it's so scary but if you want to actually figure out how you're feeling literally just sit down on a day where you feel good there's like or neutral in your body and like just free write and see what you write mm-hmm. and you could learn so much from that honestly but hodan brings up such a good point i think you know the point of this is like we're not alone you know um so many people experience depression. Our parents are probably depressed. They just don't tell us. Um, they probably don't know or it. Or they're anxious. Or they don't know. They don't know it, and they also don't tell us. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, they just... Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, like, the people oh in our gosh. lives... Our relatives... I, my relatives... I know some people who of codependent after, but, like...
2: You know, yeah. and they My their- dad realized he probably has some issues with anxiety, and he didn't realize it till after like I was going in, and he was like, "Oh." And your that's dad's how you a doctor. That's
0: your dad a- is literally a doctor. Studies. And he missed qualified. signs of
2: depression, anxiety in his own daughter. Mm-hmm. So like. And he's a hella good doctor. We're not talking like random, like <laughs> run of the mill. We're talking about a not man
3: a who has like...
2: <laughs> more awards. Damn, I'm
3: not you coming for the chiropractors.
1: chiropractors, bro. Right? <laughs> Some people need low, their bones anyway.
0: Low key. Not an orthopedic.
2: <laughs> low key. Yes. Medical elitism. First of because
0: of all, we're coming from an orthopedic doctor.
2: No, <laughs> no, let me stop. Let me
0: stop.
3: i doing it. I I I leave leave them alone. Is alone. why
0: I thought about that because of Hoden. No.
3: Leave them alone, okay? My orthopedic doctor. But it's
0: such a. It's crazy. Okay.
3: <laughs> heard you but it's heard
2: crazy you. because they can literally miss signs in themselves and then they find out their kids have these issues and then they're like oh my god do i have little bouts of this and that was my cousin depressed and i didn't mm. know did my yeah. sister have you know schizophrenia and nobody could figure yeah. it out like yeah and i think yeah that's, that's so important that's where
3: i kind of struggle a little bit is like i feel like i talk a lot about my person like in my personal experience like my my whole journey has been a very individual one um and that was really good for me in some ways but also really really bad for me in some ways in the sense of like i genuinely never ever in my life want to go through what i went through last year alone ever again like i i i could Mm -hmm. do it and i was good at it but that doesn't mean that that's what i should do if that makes sense and i think a huge part of that conversation is and i just like just while we've been talking about it like i feel like we really do talk about mental health at an individual level when it it's an institutional issue like the one, mm-hmm. the, the the things that cause our stress are a lot of the times things that can be fixed at institutional levels, whether that's school, whether that's access healthcare. to healthcare, whether that's access to housing, whether that's access to whatever. Those are stressors. Those are things that directly affect our mental health. Right. And then on top of that, when we talk about, you know, really learning about these things, like we go through school, we do science class, we do all these things. We learn about the human body. We learn about all of these things. We never learn about the brain. We never learn about how complicated mental health is. We never learn about all of these things that would be able to yeah. help us understand not only ourselves but each other. You know what I'm saying, like
0: or the fact that you can inherit, yeah, like these things. Like you could inherit depression. Yeah. Like it's a if you have one shorter chromosome versus having two long ones, or if it's, you have yeah, polygenic naturally. Thing, right,
3: it's a scientific thing. Yeah, but, naturally
0: you're predisposed. Like it's
3: been institutionalized to be spoken about in a way where it's one a problem and two it's like a personal issue and like throughout this Mm -hmm. whole conversation we've been talking about what you can do as an individual to get yourself out like you have to call your mental health provider like you have to do this like you have to think and it's just like but that is a huge burden on top of it when it doesn't have to be if our systems were operating the way that they were supposed to and the way that they should be designed to granted they're not designed like that on purpose but we wouldn't be having these problems. And that's, like, so important to recognize because, for me, I don't know, maybe it's just because the way my brain operates. Like, I'm just a very, like, institutions-type person. Like, I'm a very, like, systemic thinker. No, like, same. it helped me same. because then it was, like... It's the poly side. Not even that I had someone else to blame, but I, I also, like, it helped me to kind of take that burden off myself. Like, it helped me recognize, like, girl, it is not your fault that you're going through this, and it's not your fault that you it's not your fault that it took you so long to get to this conclusion, because realistically, you should have had this help along the way. And that's me speaking from a very privileged perspective in terms of, like, my access to education, my access to healthcare. So I can't imagine Mm -hmm. what this is like for someone who doesn't have these things that I have, you know? And I put that on the system. low income. Yeah.
2: But until the system is is more democratized, like Josh was talking about, it's not even all institutional. Some of the just societal Mm -hmm. standards. Like, I personally believe that, like, The way white supremacy affects things is it creates these notions that things have to function a certain way. And so we're taught, like, don't talk about your mental health. You know, do these things, you know, function this way. And, like, the formation, and not even just in the capitalistic system. I feel like a lot of our systems across the world are based on productivity, just Mm -hmm. in general. Like, you know, I, I think in general we've been forced and pushed to just keep going. And so... Like you bring up such a good point, Hoden, because it it is important to look at it that way. But the some of the ways that we can help is like even having this podcast, like somebody's gonna listen to this. And you're like Damn, I'm not the like one. and somebody's gonna be like, great. Like telling your story, telling your story is so powerful. Like I like while I've been like doing my book stuff, um, for those of you who don't, I released like a poetry book recently and I've been like trying to organize the last few events mm-hmm. around it. Mm-hmm. I had so many people reach out to me about like a single poem I publish. And they were like, oh, hi, key, I've been, like, really depressed for the last few months. This is what I've been going through. Like, I was going to, like... Like, I had a girl... She literally was going to, like, considering suicide, like, three months ago because of everything that's been going on. And she couldn't get out of her household. And, like... Ooh, I'm trying not to start crying. Okay, sorry. Um,
3: cry if you need to, girl. That's ooh, also very valid. Like, don't feel like you have to keep it together for the sake of this podcast. Because that...
2: Oh, yeah, that just... Don't don't I don't wanna get started today, <laughs> um, right now it's here. <laughs> but Honestly, like for her to message me and to like say that like like something so simple helped her and like made her get on track. It literally like it makes me feel so beyond amazing mm-hmm. that like I can do that for somebody. Yeah. You know, that like mm-hmm. I can give somebody that space to like start doing their own work Mm -hmm. and it's just it's amazing like it's ooh,
3: and it really it's amazing it's absolutely
2: phenomenal it does because it's like oh my god like i there was one girl that um like on the black boston confession page or whatever um there was somebody who posted like i'm feeling really suicidal today and there were all these comments about like blah 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 and i don't remember what i commented but it was essentially i tried to comment something that wasn't just like reach out if you need me because to be honest I would, to somebody, I would never reach out to somebody i would never reach out you know yeah, yeah like i, I wouldn't, wouldn't do, do that and so i a stranger said stranger too yeah that's what i'm saying and like you don't know me you know so i don't remember what i commented but it was something to the extent of like Here are some, like, active resources you can do today to make yourself feel better. And, like, if you do, like, need to talk, like, comment on here again for for me to find you and I'll figure it out. Like, you know, like I'll I'll figure it out. And the person told me who they were um, a couple months ago. And, like, I don't know. It just, it was wild to me because I commented so quickly and I didn't think about it again. And so to have somebody be like, that one comment, like, made like made me like live a few more days you know like Mm -hmm. that's like I don't know it just blows my mind so I feel like the only way we can fight back right now or not the only way but a good way to fight back right now against like those social and institutional like standards is just keep talking about it you know just keep doing it
1: Mm
0: -hmm. honestly on the point of crying too this is random but I oh my god sorry I remember (laughs) I don't know why I didn't forget this. This is honestly cheesy and, like, a high schooler's attempt at being deep. But this kid I knew in high school, he was a senior at the time, (laughs) through my literary magazine, he was like, honestly, I love seeing people cry because crying is its most purest form of emotion. And it's so interesting to see how people... Like, you just are helpless when people cry because you're literally just, like, you don't know what to do because you can't really stop them from crying necessarily. You (laughs) just kind of Even though people try,
3: people be like, no, don't cry. I'm like, um... Yeah. Okay,
0: you want me to stop? Like, what? It's it's where you just don't have control over another person's emotions and you just kind of have to let them do it. But um, the other thing... Oh, my God. Yes, I remember the point. Oh, my God. Okay, so this point I had that I almost forgot. But um, basically, the smallest things also can trigger you, too. Like, I was having a really bad day already, and then I went to the dining hall, and the fact the dining hall had nothing good to eat, I literally left with some grits just because I had to eat something. Yeah. That just made me, it makes me frustrated, and it makes me want to cry. Like, I don't know, something about going to the dining hall and leaving empty handed or unfulfilled makes me feel like crying. (laughs) Like, I don't know what it is, but like, it frustrates me. And so... Your triggers can be something incredibly small, or it could be big, or it could be a combination of many things. But, you know, for the people listening who maybe you're more neurotypical and you typically don't deal with the pressure and like, or any anxiety or, or, or schizophrenia, or whatever, no, any mental health problem um, or illness, I also want to shift that narrative from like saying there's something wrong with me, because I know people think there's something off, very much so changing to be like, okay, I struggle with dealing with my anxiety, but I'm doing this and I will fix it because you are not static. You know, you're always changing. You're always evolving. Like I realized I had codependency issues in May and now it's September and I really don't have the codependency issues like that anymore. That for you. Um, And it was mainly with like men. Right. So I had to deal with it through that because with friends, I have the opposite thing where I'm, dismissive avoidant with friendships so now i'm on the opposite end of the spectrum of not being codependent and being hyper independent which i saw a tweet and the tweet was like hyper independence is a response to trauma Hello,
3: and it was literally too damn loud independence and i'm just like girl you need to figure that yeah. shit
0: out it was too loud <laughs> in the, that bus i read that tweet and i was like i don't know why i have hyper independence issues i don't know why i have abandonment issues i think i gave them to myself because my parents are always supportive so i don't but I it's also just, like, sometimes from. you just
3: won't know, and you just have to be comfortable. I don't know. I feel like I had to get to a point where I was just like, damn. I definitely know why. Like, I, I know are. these things. I'm like, I know <laughs> that growing up, like, things that have happened to me growing up have led to me, you know, being in this state. But then there's certain, like, weird little, like, things about me that I'm just like, I don't know where I got this from. But it's also just, like, that's okay, too. Like, it's okay. Just deal with what yeah. you have and don't dwell it could just be a thing you know what I'm saying like you don't know and yeah. you don't have to kind of put a name to every single thing that's happening to you
0: of course and honestly yeah. like even if it is hard to claim the thing of depression or anxiety or codependency or abandonment issues whatever it is it doesn't make you a bad person or like inadequate or broken you're literally not you're just like you, everyone got issues everybody got issues <laughs> you can be neurotypical. Everybody. You could be neurotypical and still be like, you know, maybe codependent, for example. Like two percent half of Twitter is codependent. Like
3: half. Half is know? half is generous. <laughs> I would say a cool ninety five percent. Half is very generous.
0: Literally the way people don't want their significant others to leave the house is
3: Yeah. Ooh, anyways, anyway. Hey. We're not gonna
0: go into that. Let's not even get into but social media. I just want to a
3: whole another podcast.
0: It really, really is, and it probably will be, to be honest, but um, I, but to end off, I kind of wanted to hear how you guys deal with your your own mental health issues, like, what were your healthy coping mechanisms, you can compare it to your unhealthy coping, coping mechanisms, like, you could do that, she said what, whatever you she feel said, free read to yourselves. share, you don't have to share anything. Well, you don't have to, you could, it's really whatever you feel comfortable sharing or not, but, um, or advice you have for people or anything or for family members too like anyone trying to support someone as well who is depressed like what is actually helpful wow. to you to support you
1: um,
0: wow. Ooh.
3: I don't know if this makes sense it might not and if it doesn't really just like take it out let's just pretend like I didn't say it okay this could this could maybe stay between the three of us but I feel like when it comes to coping <laughs> mechanisms what is healthy for one person might be unhealthy for another I think it really comes down 100%, yeah. it comes down more to why you're doing things than it is like what you're doing necessarily and yeah this might be very kind of unique to me i mean i can only really speak on my personal experience like i'm very big on not really trying to generalize things especially when it comes to mental health
0: projection everything is a projection too so So when it
3: comes to me like i i needed to ghost like i needed to disappear as a human being in order to get myself together right and when we talk about ghosting mm-hmm. and we talk about these things, like it is seen as an unhealthy coping mechanism. It's seen as being like toxic. It's seen as being these things. But for me, I also knew that there was no way in hell that I was gonna be able to literally, quite literally live and like be okay if I was still around the same group of people that I was and just like in the environment that I was. And I also knew that at that point in my life, I did not have the strength. I did not have the courage. I just didn't have the ability to be able to communicate that to anybody. I couldn't sit here and be like, hey, friend, like, I'm really depressed. You right also now. don't need to. You know what I'm saying?
0: And You so also do not need I to.
3: I knew from the outside looking in, it probably looked like, damn, like, she's a terrible person. Like, she goes to all her friends or, like, she did this mm. or she did that. And I know a lot of my friends probably felt a way about it. Mm. And, yes, I had to go on a big-ass apology tour and be like, guys, I was... And it was months later, What? It was, not even months later, I want to say, like, it's been one year, guys. It's been one year, and I'm just now getting to a point where I can even feel like I can talk about these things, and so I had to be like, hey, y'all, y'all remember when I, like, disappeared last year? And everybody's like, yeah, bro, like, we all know, and I'm like, I was really going through some stuff, right? And you shouldn't have to say those things, but I just felt like, you know, I'm in a place where I can say these things now, but that might not work for somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Someone else might need to be around people. I needed to just, I was like, bye. like, nobody, nobody called me. Nobody text me. Nothing cut off all contact, but it worked for me. You know what I mean?
1: I just want to throw in my, my last two cents on the matter is that as far as what is helpful and what isn't. So we touched on this a little bit, but just keep an open mind as to what methods can and cannot work for you because it is a process. I've had immediate family. I've been surrounded by depression my whole life, not just, talking about me experiencing it but i've talking about it's like people who are depressed seem to like be attracted to me like i attract mental like health issues into my life because i have <laughs> come across <laughs> so many people who have struggled with it and i was always the person who yeah. people were like yo josh you're like my therapist or yo josh you're like the dad i never had oh, all this type of stuff the That therapist
3: friend yeah. right
1: like yeah so so to those people who struggle with that or they feel that sort of pressure on themselves to be there for everyone else bro relax like unless unless that's your child relax. well why are you stressing why are you stressing though chill out um my other thing too is that as far as keeping an open mind for the method so like like i was mentioning before the reason why i got into that is because again i've had immediate family members experience depression i've experienced it etc etc so things like holistic practices so like prayer meditation whatever it is that you do th- um uh, of course cognitive behavioral therapy talking to someone taking medication seeing somebody who knows psychiatrics Mm -hmm. and taking medication that's a whole other conversation we can get into certain people need certain things so don't be like oh i don't want to take medication because i hear blah 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 messes with your um your neurotics or whatever or oh um meditation doesn't work for me i don't want to sit there and my brain be empty blah 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 it's it's be open because you will never know what mm-hmm. will help you. I was lucky enough to be someone who could tap into my mental disciplines and my mental faculties and learn to rise above and have holistic practices that helped me but I understand it's not like that for everyone. Me and Jesus can have a conversation and I'm good. Other people they can't do that. So just keep an open mind because again we've touched on this but different things work for different people and that's fine. It's totally
2: cool yeah oh my gosh very much that like so I'm, I'm gonna try and do this quickly um uh, a couple things so again not to be like my book but one of the reasons why I wrote my poetry book was because I've I've always felt like I bear the weight of the world I feel like I deal with everyone's problems much like Josh like people have and will place their entire burdens on me and I've typically always taken it on I'm at a point now where i've found a healthy way to like bear that weight that works for me um but for people who i call like those weight bearers um finding things that work for you and learning how to say no can be really so important and finding what works for you individually like josh said is so essential because it's a matter of knowing who you are and i'm not saying that you have to like know everything about yourself but knowing generally kind of little things about what works for you because for me for example I have to go to therapy. I need a therapist. Um, Medicine alone would not work for me because I see things in a very warped state. And that's why some people don't think they need therapy. Some people do think they need therapy. And there's a middle ground for everybody where some people need Mm -hmm. it. Some people have to go to therapy um, because they need somebody else. That's a third party to help them break down what they're going through and give them a plan on how Mm -hmm. to get through it. I was talking literally to Solange about something a couple weeks ago because, like, so even in my friendship sometimes, I take things the very wrong way. So, I misinterpret a lot of things. It's who I am as a person. It's part of, like, my mental illness lens, I'll call it, um, to where I don't always see things in a clear way that makes mm-hmm. sense. Anxiety um, goggles. I misinterpret things. It's an anxi- it's anxiety... An anxiety goggles. Here. Oh, my God, I love that. Anxiety goggles. I will have something happen, and I will take it the wrong way, and I will think about it for six months before I tell somebody and i don't tend to confront these issues and things that happen so i'm just now in a place where i can talk to my friends and say hey i thought this may have hurt my feelings it's not your fault it happened like i took it the wrong way but like let's talk about it so that i can move on it and not like secretly resent you and ruin a friendship that could be beautiful and i wouldn't be at that place if i didn't have a therapist who was able yeah. to say aviola you you blocked your friend because it was easier than talking mm-hmm. to them like
0: sometimes you need yeah
2: and maybe maybe your friend didn't talk to you that day because they were sad too and literally when i tell you sometimes my brain will be like what other people can be sad like it, it's a lot um whereas some of my other friends that are like have mood disorders uh, that are like bipolar medicine works mm-hmm. great for them like taking their medication daily and sleeping is exactly what they need to function and that's it can actually, be really yeah. amazing
0: i was dating like, a guy who had bipolar and that's something he was like i could get manic if i yeah. didn't take my medicine to sleep. people yeah. with
2: certain disorders need different things that's another thing different disorders have to handle things a certain way which is why i want to say i do think and i'm going to add this um if you go on my social media by the time this airs i'm making a directory of therapists and psychiatrists that are black um oh <laughs> that are God. black And so um, you'll be able to go on there and kind of, like, see who's in your area, what they charge, that type of thing. So that way you can find somebody um, and figure it out. Because I do think a lot of people can start (laughs) at psychiatrist at the very least, and go from there and figure out what they need. Um, Last point that I, like, (laughs) wrote down, because I, like, don't want to be talking too long, um, is that everything looks different for everybody. And you really have to give yourself the space to have a talk with yourself. It can be really hard, but you literally can give yourself two minutes and sit down mm-hmm. and talk to yourself and say, What am I feeling today? Um, why am I feeling this way? You know, what can I do to make myself feel better? Um, is something that's so important. And from there you can really get a lot done. Like just beginning to get in touch with yourself. You don't have to be this ultimate like you know super intense like person who knows everything about themselves because realistically most people all nobody knows everything about themselves not a single goddamn person on this earth knows everything about themselves and that's a fact but beginning to get in touch with yourself and learning yourself learning how to love yourself really can start there so I want to say all of that and in there so that we can <laughs> okay. go Okay,
0: <laughs> this is okay thank you all for talking to me this is great I will have Josh in another episode unpacking masculinity. I've been talking about that with him. (gasps) Yes,
1: I'm so um, excited, so excited, so excited.
0: But I appreciate you all, and your social medias will be on the Instagram page, but follow Joshua.Diamond for his art. Follow Glowden, it's Glodon underscore on Instagram for all of and stuff. And Black Boston, Boston follow them as well. And follow Abiola. Yes. um, Black Boston 2020 on Instagram. And then Abiola, that's A-H-B-E-E. O-L-A-H
2: yeah it's the phonetics pronunciations of my name <laughs> yeah it's not her actual
0: name spelling Try I spell it out um, yeah follow her on Instagram for all of her stuff and styled by Ola um, thank you all and I will see you all next week for some topic that we'll be unpacking which is to be determined but we'll see okay Woo! bye